let's go ahead and launch into today's message. Now, I have to tell you that God works in mysterious ways. Does anybody agree with that? God works in very mysterious ways. So unbeknownst to him, Bruce actually just used pretty much my entire sermon uh, during his communion talk this morning, right down to the key text that I was planning to use this morning. So I'm feeling like maybe I just get up here and say a prayer and move on because um, Bruce did an outstanding job and I will assure you he had no idea what I was using. I had no idea what he was using. Again, it has to be a God thing because there's just no way that that happens. Um, so we're going to be focusing just like Bruce did in 1 John chapter 4 today. We're launching into a new series about the one another passages. Now, you know that we just finished a series on Nehemiah, and that was all about rebuilding the community of God. It was all about how do we start to come back together as we move forward out of this time of pandemic to be the church again and to be together again. So I find it only appropriate that over the summer months, we focus on the one another passages. So now what we're looking at is how should we be acting, how should we be behaving with one another so that we can rebuild this thing in the way that it should be. Be done, and in most importantly, in a way that honors God. So, what better place to start than to start with love one another? And that's where we're going to pick up today. Now, love is one of those weird things, and we throw that word around a lot. We say that a lot these days, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, of course, but as a church family, we love one another. I love each and every one of you. Now, that's not to say that at times we may not see eye to eye. That may not mean at times that you don't understand that the St. Louis Cardinals are the best baseball team, regardless of the standings, and that the Dallas Cowboys are the best football team, regardless of the standings. So we may not agree on some things like that, but that doesn't change the fact that I love each and every one of you in a special way. And that's exactly how we should be behaving as a church. It doesn't mean that we necessarily agree on all points. It doesn't necessarily mean that we see eye to eye on every single thing. But at the end of the day, we are a church family. And I hope that we love one another in that manner. So here's our big idea for the sermon today. That is that God's love is perfect. We know that, right? We know that God has a perfect love for us. But we complete that cycle when we show love to one another. Because see, if God loves us, and God's love is perfect, but we don't show that to others, we break that chain, or we stop that cycle, so to speak. So it's not enough that God's love is perfect. God's love is enough, don't misunderstand that. But we've got to do our part and show that same love that he has for us to others. And that's what we're going to look at today in 1 John chapter 4, just like Bruce did. <laughs> so there are four types of love that are found in the Bible. And I want to go over those just real quick. There's eros, and that's that sensual or romantic love, say, between a husband and a wife. There's storge, and that's kind of that family love, that love that you have for your brothers and sisters, your mom and your dad. There's philia, which, as you know, is Philadelphia, right, is the city of brotherly love. And that's that love that you kind of have within the church for your brothers and your sisters. But then there's this thing called agape love. And for those of you who may not be familiar with that term, that is the highest 
form of love that we find in the scripture. So I'm going to give you just a quick definition of what agape love is. And that's the term that defines God's immeasurable, incomparable love that he has for humankind. It's a divine love that comes from God. Agape love is perfect, unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. Now that's, that's some big shoes to try and live up to, right? As we think about this idea of showing each other agape love, that's not an easy thing to do. Now, that may be easy for God, right? Because God is omnipotent and he's all-powerful and all-knowing and can do all things. But what we want to take just a few minutes to look at today is how do we live that out in our own lives? What does this look like for us and why is this so important? So you're probably already there in your Bibles. First John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 7. And we're going to unpack what this looks like from John. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. We could just end it right there. We, we could end it right there. It says, let us love one another, because that love comes from who? It comes from God. The love comes from God, that perfect agape love that he has for us. So when we show that love, we're showing God. It says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So see, when we don't show love, when we don't show that agape love to others because they don't look like us or they don't vote like us or they don't pray like us or they don't talk like us, we don't know God because God is love. What are the two greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God and what? Love one another as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's go ahead and keep moving in verse 9. It says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. Sounds very familiar, right? Sounds just like John 3.16, right? It's the same kind of verse. He loved us so much that he was willing to send his son. You know, sometimes we say, I, I, I can't love that person because of X, Y, Z. I, I can't love that person because of what they've done to me. I can't love that person because of the lifestyle that they lead. God sent his son for you and me. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes, but let's pick up in verse 10. It says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It wasn't about the love that we had for him. It was that overwhelming agape love that he has for us. Let's go ahead and move on to verse 11. And in verse 11, we read, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, I love this verse because it doesn't say only love the people that are deserving of it. It doesn't say only love this certain people because of them, because they're easy to love. It says, since God loved us, 
then we love others. It's as simple as that. It's not about who they are or whether they deserve our love. We love them because God loves us. It says no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, then God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. When we love one another, his love is made complete in us. Now see, that's what we talked about at the very beginning, remember? His love is perfect, but it's not completed the cycle until we get involved. See, God loves us and we show love to others. And see, that's how they see God. That's how they see God is when we show them the love of God. Because guess what? There's a lot of people out there who will never walk through the doors of the church. And they'll never pick up a Bible. But if you can show them love, even when maybe they, you don't think they deserve it, then you show God to them. And you make God visible You make God visible to them when you show them love, even if maybe you don't think they deserve it. Because we've all been hurt. We've all been hurt. We've all been hurt in love. And we've all hurt other people. But when we show that love, then we show God to others. What if, what if every time we messed up, God stopped loving us? Think about that for just a second. Think about every time that you made a mistake, God just said, you know what? Can't do it anymore. Because guess what, brothers and sisters? We are hard to love when it comes to God. We are. My, my wife would argue we're hard to love in our marriages too. Right? Because I make mistakes. But she loves me anyway. God doesn't stop loving us when we make mistakes. And thank God he doesn't, right? Because think about that for just a second. Think about if every time you made a mistake, God just said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. You don't deserve it. The reason I bring this up is because that's exactly what we do to other people. When they wrong us, when they don't do the things we want them to do, we say, I don't need to love that person. Because of X, Y, Z. Think about if God did that. Think about if God stopped loving me every time I made a mistake. But see, he doesn't. And he loved us enough to send his son so that every mistake I make doesn't cause a rift between me and God. But see, if we're going to live that out, if we're going to make that visible to others, then we have to do the same thing. We have to love those people that are hard to love. We have to love those people who we don't think deserve it. Because that's what we're taught to do. I haven't read anywhere about love in the Bible where it says we get to pick and choose. It says we are to love everyone. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 and 5, where we read, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Verse 6 says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, 
it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. See, this is the, this is the how. You know, we sit here and we say, oh, we need to love everybody. Well, how do we do that? How do we love everybody? Well, first of all, we know we can't love everybody, right? That's just not physically possible. But how do we show love to others? I believe that this, this passage in 1 Corinthians lays that out for us when it says love is patient. If I say Ray, Ray is patient, that's how Ray is showing love to others. If I say Jason is kind, that's how he's showing love to others through kindness. And again, not just when it's convenient. You get the idea. What if I were to insert your name into each and every one of these? And that was kind of your description. What a great way to describe a Christian and how they show love to others. That they're not pride. That they're not proud, excuse me. That they show humility. These are the ways that we show love to others. So here's the challenge that I have for you. This has been a weird time. It's been a weird place. Things have just been different, right? Over the last, I don't even know how long it's been, 18 months, 20 months, whatever. This thing has dragged out to be. Start with one person. Start with one person that during this time of the pandemic, maybe you've either lost touch with or you haven't talked to or even just think of somebody who could use some encouragement. Reach out to that person. It is so easy to reach out to people right now. We've got email. We've got text. We've got FaceTime. We still have the mail, I believe. Pick one person. Start there. Start with one person who could benefit from some good old-fashioned pep talk encouragement and reach out to that person. Reach out to that person and say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I hope you're doing good. And I just want you to know that I'm praying for you and that I love you. See, we've got to stop being afraid of that word love. But reach out to someone. Say, I love you. Say, God loves you. Say, what can I do for you? How can I pray for you? But I want to challenge you to reach out to someone and show them love. You'd be amazed at how far that will take you. I love this quote that I ran across as I was preparing this sermon. And, and this is a very common quote. And some of you probably already know this. Teddy Roosevelt said this. It says, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that fits in perfectly with a couple of verses that I'm going to leave you with in just a moment. But here's where I want you to go from here. here here's our kind of takeaways. And this is going to sound very familiar from that passage that we just read, but be patient with others. That can be really hard right now, right? Because this is a stressful time. Just look at the way people are driving these days. I don't know what's going on on the freeways in Southern California, but somehow during the pandemic, one of the side effects of COVID must have been you forget how to drive. 
because people are just crazy right now. But be patient. Be patient even when it doesn't call for patience. Because, see, when you do things that are counter-cultural, you're showing the love of Christ to others. And that's exactly how Jesus was during his ministry. He was patient. He was patient even when it was hard to be patient. Be kind. Don't envy. Be humble. Persevere against all odds. Put others first. And most of all, let them see God in you. We've been given this amazing gift of this unconditional love that we get from God. And we've got to share that with others. Because that's what completes that cycle of his perfect love that he gives to us. And then we show it to someone else. And then in turn, they start to love God as well. And you complete the cycle. And that's really what it's all about. This is what I want to leave you with. This 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. For my Forkean Country fans, you'll know that this is actually quoted during one of my favorite Forkean Country songs called Let Your Love Be the Proof. But it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move the mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. See, you can be the best biblical scholar in the world. You can know the Bible front to back, back to front, inside and out. You can quote scripture all day long. But what does this tell us? If you don't love, then it doesn't mean anything. We've got to show people love if we want to show them Christ. Because that's how we do it. We do it in love. A lot of young people struggle when they get out of high school. When they go off on their own. And I wonder sometimes if that's because we have filled them with all this biblical knowledge, but have we truly poured into them and showed them love? Have we truly shown them love? And I think that's one of the reasons that the statistics, and I'm not necessarily talking about our fellowship here, but the statistics of young people who leave the church is so astonishing. Because I can't be the only person pouring into their lives and Michael can't be the only person pouring into their lives. It takes a village pouring into their lives. But if we're truly showing them love, then they're not going to turn away. The resounding gong. I love, that. I love that passage. You can have the faith to move mountains. You can have the gift of prophecy. But if you don't show love, then we've wasted our time. In just a moment, Brandon's going to come up and lead us in another song. And maybe you have never had that opportunity to give yourself fully to Jesus Christ and be baptized for the remission of your sins. You have an opportunity to do that this morning. That is the ultimate way that you express your love to God, is when you give yourself fully to Him. When you make yourself vulnerable, when you're buried in the waters of baptism, when you say, God, I'm going to put my life 
that I've been living up to this point in the past and I'm going to live for you, that's how you show God that you truly love him. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. But, but maybe this concept of love, right, has been really challenging for you. It's been challenging for you to love others. You have an opportunity this morning to make that right. The Bible tells us to confess our sins before men. We would love to pray with you. We would love to talk with you. We would love to help you in any way that we can if you would come together as we stand together and sing. I love you with the love of the Lord. Yes, I love you with the love of the Lord. I can see in you the glory of my King, and I love you with the love of the Lord.